listening to Hymns Illustrated, where hymns are explored, appreciated, and illustrated through stories, testimonies, and edifying conversation. I'm your host and fellow hymn fan, Kristen Eifeldano. everyone. Today we are taking a final look at our hymn of the month because I worked a little break in my schedule for a vacation and I'm combining two stanzas in one episode. But first I wanted to answer a listener question I had. What is the definition of a hymn? That is a great question and my thought was to tell you it is simply a song of praise to God. And that's true at its very basic level, but I want to expand on that a little bit with a few paragraphs from gotquestions.org, which is my go-to website for any kind of research related to Christianity and the Bible. So here's what our friends at gotquestions.org have to say answering the question, what are hymns? A hymn is a song of praise. In ancient Greek culture, a hymnos was musical praise directed to the gods or heroes of the day. In Christianity, hymns are directed to the one true God, of course. God's people have sung hymns in honor of the Almighty since the time of Moses and before. David sang the new song God gave him and taught others to sing a hymn of praise to our God. Jesus and his disciples sang a hymn together at the Last Supper. The early church sang hymns as part of their regular gatherings. And Paul and Silas, with their feet in stocks in a Philippian jail, were praying and singing hymns to God. Technically, a hymn is a stanzaic metrical poem meant to be sung. A traditional meter for hymns in English is 8686, called common meter, which corresponds with valid stanza. The subject matter of a hymn is what distinguishes it from the psalms and spiritual songs mentioned in Ephesians 519. And Colossians 3.16, I will add, a psalm can be thought of as scripture set to music, usually from the book of Psalms, and a spiritual song can be any song with a spiritual theme, including songs of testimony and admonition. A hymn addresses and celebrates God and has the purpose of praise and adoration. So if you caught the technical nuances, Between a hymn, psalm, and spiritual song, you may have also observed this little reality. Most hymnals today do not observe those nuances. They tend to include psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs under one giant category called hymns. Sometimes, especially in Presbyterian denominations, you will see a separate section in hymnals designated to psalms, but songs of worship directed to God are combined also with songs of testimony about God, and they are all classified under the heading hymns. So to summarize an answer to your question, what is a hymn? Let's just say this. A Christian hymn is culturally known today as a stanzaical or metrical song of praise to God or testimony about God and is intended to be sung as part of congregational worship rather than performed. Of course, you can be as technical as you want and Delineate the differences between the three in your own life and as you seek a better understanding of scripture, but also just to keep in mind what the term hymn means to most people today. One more thought on that. They are primarily for worship, but I also believe hymns have a powerful role in our personal spiritual growth. 
when we use them to help remember biblical truths. Our listener testimonial this week illustrates one biblical truth in particular found in a hymn that was completely new to me, and I wonder if it's new to you too. Let's go ahead and listen. Greetings, this is Joel DeLashment, and I currently live in Fairland, Indiana with my wife of 21 years. I work a full-time job and minister at a small country church in our little town. Over this past month, I have pondered much about the unrest in the world and the war in Ukraine. I searched for some prayer hymns concerning peace, and I ran across O God of Love, O King of Peace by Henry Williams Baker. This song contained just the words to express my feelings and helped me to dig deeper into what causes our peace to cease in this world. The first verse reads as follows, O God of love, O King of peace, make wars throughout the world to cease. Our greed and violent ways restrain. Give peace, O God. Give peace again. And the remaining verses address our sin and our need to trust in God's faithful word and the unity that we have in love. Thank you, Joel. What a beautiful hymn, praying for God's own heart of peace to be ours too. Joel also wrote, There were a few different tunes that were used as a setting for this song, but I really liked Pax from the Swedish Korobok of 1697. It is a very emotive tune and for me helped to express the prayerful nature of the song. I am a Native American flute maker and player and did a recording of the tune I called A Prayer for Peace, as well as a video on YouTube. So I am linking Joel's video in the show notes if you would like to view that video too. He is absolutely right. The tune is very emotive and it sounds quite beautiful on the flute. Friends, you're invited to share a hymn testimonial as well to be featured right here on the podcast. You can send me an audio recording like you just heard, or you can send me your written testimonial for me to read on your behalf. Send those my way at kristen at hymnsillustrated.com. And if you would like a little more guidance, go on over to hymnsillustrated.com slash podcast. Now let's go ahead and remember our hymn of the month. And you will note that there are no bell dings here. A little birdie who I may or may not be married to might have hinted that I go overboard in my bell dings. And I had to admit, I can see how they can be distracting. I really do like my sound effects. But the last thing I want is for them to be distracting to you, so I'm going to dial it down just a notch. If you're new to this podcast and the hymn of the month, I invite you to go over to hymnsillustrated.com and sign up for the hymn of the month at the top of the page. And doing so will take you directly to our hymn of the month resource page. And it will tell you that this hymn is anonymous and is entitled, How Firm a Foundation. Listen as I read. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? Fear not, I am with thee. O be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will still give thee aid. 
I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my gracious, omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with thee thy trials to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all-sufficient shall be thy supply. The flames shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. So last week we focused on stanzas three and four, and this week we're focusing on the final stanzas five and six. I will continue reading those. In down to old age, all my people shall prove my sovereign, eternal, unchangeable love. And when hoary hair shall their temples adorn, like lambs they shall still in my bosom be born. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. To help us remember the hymn this week, let's think through four concepts we see in these final two stanzas. Number one, notice the extent of God's love. In stanza five, the author says that God's love, like him, is eternal and unchangeable and extends to his people even as they age and when their hair turns white or gray. He will still bear them close to his heart exactly the same way he always has. Have you ever heard a parent of an adult say, or maybe you are that adult child and your parent has said to you that you will always be their baby? In a small way, that's what's happening here. You will always be God's little lamb, no matter how old you are, and he will always take care of you as his child because his love is sovereign, eternal, and unchangeable. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The second thing I want you to notice is the metaphor of Jesus as our shepherd. There is just something really special about this imagery, a shepherd holding a lamb to his heart. And I'm guessing it's because deep down, we know we are all like sheep who have gone astray and we need a shepherd to care for us and to lead us. We don't know the way and the wolves are too big and dangerous for us to handle alone. I remember as a child reading a book a Sunday school teacher gave to me, I may have won it in a contest, but it was called A Peep behind the scenes. It's a Victorian children's novel by O.F. Walton about a girl named Rosalie. And I say it like that because I have a niece named Rosalie who I should give this book to when she gets old enough to read it. Anyway, Rosalie is in a traveling circus and she has a very sad and lonely life. She does lose both her parents. Someone gives her a picture of a shepherd and his sheep and tells her about Jesus wanting to be her shepherd And she comes to know Christ in salvation. And then she tells many people along the way about her good shepherd who loves them too. I love that book as a child. And that imagery and understanding of Christ as my good shepherd helped me know and trust him more as a child and an adult. It's amazing to me to think of all the attributes of God we see in scripture and how different attributes appeal to lost sheep in different scenarios. Jonathan Edwards preached a powerful sermon called 
Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, that affected many souls and hearts. This sermon focused on God's holiness and His wrath against sin. And just like it sounds, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. But it was the catalyst for the first Great Awakening revival in Britain and then 13 North American colonies. David Brainerd, who was a missionary to the Native Americans in Delaware, preached from the book of Isaiah. And it wasn't the thought of Christ as shepherd that moved the hearts of people there. It was the thought of Christ as the sacrificial lamb. One account describes scores of the tribe converting to Christianity and weeping. When one man asked, was asked why he was crying, he said, When I think how Christ was slain like a lamb and spilt his blood for sinners, I cannot help crying. So whether it's God's holiness and wrath or Christ as a good shepherd or Christ as the sacrificial lamb, every aspect of him has the power to draw us to himself for salvation and life afterward. Romans 2, 4, or do you despise the riches of his kingdom, of his kindness, restraint and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. The third thing I want us to notice is, what does it look like to lean on Jesus for repose? Well, it looks a lot like a lamb being held on the good shepherd's arms and leaning on his chest in security. It means to say so close to him, we know his heartbeat and we can hear him whisper truth to us through his word. This is a trusting position. Leaning on Jesus for repose is completely surrendering our own will for our lives and trusting his will for us, knowing it is absolutely always for the very best. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Think about this. We will never be forsaken. I love how this hymn emphasizes that through repetition, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. This is one of the most comforting promises of scripture, and it's a repeated one. Jacob received this promise, Genesis 28, 15, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Joshua received this promise, Deuteronomy 31.8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Solomon was given this promise in 1 Corinthians 28.20. We read, Then David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. And then in Isaiah 41, 17, we see how the poor and needy are given this promise. When the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. All of us are given this promise in Hebrews 13, 5, and 6, which indicates that those who believe this promise will be content and confident, never fearing what man can do to us. We can be just as courageous as as Moses and Jacob and Joshua because we have this promise as well. 
Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? All right, now it's usually the time to discover a new or little known hymn. But this week, I'm not sure if this hymn I've chosen is new or little known. I think it's familiar, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not sung a whole lot congregationally. So perhaps it isn't known to you. It will sound familiar, though, because it is a poetical paraphrasing of Psalm 23 and written, incidentally, by Henry Baker, the same Henry Baker who wrote the hymn featured in our testimonial this week, O God of Love, O King of Peace. It also coincides nicely with the shepherd imagery that we have in our hymn of the month in in the fifth stanza. Listen as I read. The King of Love my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never, I nothing lack if I am his and he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth, and where the verdant pastures grow with food celestial feedeth. Perverse and foolish off I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. In death's dark veil I fear no ill, with thee, dear Lord, beside me. Thy rod and staff my comfort still, thy cross before to guide me. Thou spreadst a table in my sight, thy unction grace bestoweth, and oh, what transport of delight from thy pure chalice floweth. And so through all the length of days thy goodness faileth never. Good shepherd, may I sing thy praise within thy house forever. Well, this concludes the majority of our episode today, but I want to close with a challenge to take it with you, and my challenge for you is this. Read Psalm 23 as a prayer to God, and if you have some extra time, paraphrase it as a hymn of your own. I know you can do it. Just another friendly reminder that the Hymns for Life membership is coming soon, and I mean very soon, as in next week soon. This monthly membership will give you access to an online portal that will include hymn study guides for each hymn of the month, as well as a related shareable printable you can place in your home as a reminder or mail as an encouragement to a friend, supplemental resources for each month's hymn, as well as a growing library of word search puzzles, stationery, coloring pages, and more. Think of it as a hymn appreciation subscription to get the best pricing and to be the first to know when it's available, sign up for the waitlist over at hymnsillustrated.com slash waitlist and wait for the big it's here announcement coming within the week. And if you are listening to this um, anytime in April 2022 and beyond, that subscription is already live. So um, head on over to hymnsillustrated.com to learn more about how you can join. Thanks for listening to Hymns Illustrated. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you can say thank you by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, or by shopping at christianbook.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. All of these gestures keep Hymns Illustrated going and growing. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep your hymnal open. Mm